0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new Dubs Talk, the podcast with Monty Poole, our Warriors insider. I'm Kareth Burke. Um, Monty, I'm not where I usually am. I'm in a Washington, D.C. hotel room. Coming. And up
1: why is that? Year.
0: Because I got to go to the White House with the Warriors, which is a really big honor, a, a, a very cool experience, one that I'll tell my future kids about. So if I can brag for just a moment, because I lucky to cover awesome basketball teams. This is my second time going to the White House. I went in 2016 when the Yukon women won their championship. So, I got to be the reporter who told other reporters, "Oh yeah, this is the gate that you go to."
1: <laughs> You're the vet. It actually, it actually <laughs> felt
0: nice to know a little bit about like where to move because stuff is strict here and there are yeah. no people, but everything was so well managed and it was it was a really great ceremony for the team.
1: Good. I mean, it, it, it. When I went in 2016, it was pretty strict, but it's probably stricter now. Um, you know, since then we've had a pandemic, we're dealing with classified documents, all these other things going on right now. So, yeah, there's things going on now that weren't going on seven years ago. So, um, yeah, I'm sure this year it's a little different.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you had this opportunity too. It, it really does feel. Mm-hmm. So- the Warriors were reflecting on that, too, that they haven't been since 2016. It's been a long time, even coming once is a huge honor. But I think, Monty, what's important to understand about this White House trip, which usually these events are very lighthearted and fluffy, and of course there were those moments at the ceremony, but because Martin Luther King Day Jr., Martin Luther King Day Jr., the holiday, was the previous day, that was Monday, and then the Warriors went to the White House on a Tuesday, those two events felt linked actually. Mm-hmm. And as the Warriors considered, you know, the service they want to do for MLK Day and, you know, carrying on his legacy, you know, to have an audience with the president is kind of important. And, and there were some serious things that the Warriors did here. Um, Steve Kerr had a roundtable with White House staffers, Moses Moody and um, Clay Thompson were a part of that, but they talked about, you know, gun control measures.
1: Mm. Of course.
0: Yeah, and I think um, Steph had a chance to talk to President Biden, Um, he talked to him about his foundation, you know, Eat Learn Play, which is designed to help underprivileged kids, you know, it gets books in their hands, educational opportunities, make sure that they have full bellies. Mm -hmm. So I think as the warriors came here, they were just very aware of their platform and their fame, um, you know they've they've pushed people to vote before. They support equality, equality initiatives. You know the team is just aware of what they can do with this very loud bullhorn that they have. So th- this trip, I think, had something a little just dis- a little different because of the MLK holiday.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at the Warriors, and like you mentioned, you know, Steve and Steph, um, they are both very socially aware, um, and they have their own social activities. They have their own causes that they pursue. Uh, and that they speak out on. Um, So yeah, it's good to hear that they were given the opportunity to share some of that stuff with people in DC, because you sometimes wonder if some of this stuff is being said and done in a silo. Uh, So to get it done, uh, to to have that conversation there, I don't know if there's a better place to to have it for for it to be heard uh, loudly and clearly from a couple of people that I know uh, are invested in the communities around this country and invested in a better America.
0: Yeah, I mean, Steph said, you know, nothing is solved today, but continuing the conversations, he said, felt very important. And then so in those lighthearted moments, one of them was Draymond asking, uh, getting a question like, would you ever want to be president? And he's like, no, uh, how about Steph though? Is this actually maybe something that Steph Curry could do? Or I thought back to that funny campaign to see if- Popovich Kerr in the White House that ticket. Um, I don't know if for real any of these guys really want a taste of politics, but maybe they'll take um, the the megaphone that comes with having a platform. So uh, there was also the game against the Washington Wizards on MLK Day. I was flying, Monty, so I just very quickly looked at a few things on the box score. I saw Steph had 41, Jordan Poole had 32, and then I heard Draymond got heckled by some fans, which kind of ignited his game. He had 17 and 10. Um, Is there anything else I need to know from this game that kind of explains where the Warriors are heading into their game against the Celtics?
1: No, uh, uh, no, that's, that's, that's a pretty good, uh, it's a pretty good precise uh, nutshell uh, take on what happened. Uh, But I think to best tell the story of what happened against the Wizards, you have to go back to the previous game against the Bulls in Chicago. And that was a game that the you know the, the Bulls were without DeMar DeRozan. Uh, they've been without for all all season without Lonzo Ball, so they're down two starters. And uh, the Warriors go into Chicago and they get roasted by the Bulls, who are like seven games below 500. And uh, they ran into a situation where the Warriors just didn't. They fell behind and they just never seemed to kind of get it together um
0: they fell behind early first quarter at the end yeah. of that quarter the bulls were up 35 to 20
1: yeah 15 point lead
0: well the warriors started with a ton of turnovers, seven in that quarter that was a huge turnover game for them right
1: 20. yeah and seven more in the third quarter so um they gave that game away basically uh when you give up 31 points off turnovers you're asking the other team take this <laughs> we don't want it you it's yours and, and Steph, after that game, though, what some of the things he said, I thought were uh, directly tied into the next performance. He talked about the need for f- better focus, the need for to, to play harder, and most important, I think, maybe, the need to play with intelligence. Uh. And- you know, you, you hear those things. It really does a player list all three of those things, but he saying we got to play harder, play smarter and stay focused. And for the first half of the game against the wizards, yeah, I mean, Steph didn't have a good start. He didn't start. He, he didn't play well at first Jordan Poole did though. Jordan pool seemed to hear the message. <laughs> he, he was focused. He was smart and he played hard. He had, I think 26 points in the first half. So, um, yeah jordan was really good in the first half he kind of kept them afloat and then in the fourth quarter it's with about nine minutes to go in the game the warriors were down eight and from that point on they dominated the game uh steph scored all 12 of his points during that span draymond had i think like eight or nine points in that span um but you saw that that focus that intellect and that determination that you didn't see in Chicago. You start in the fourth quarter. So my my thing was did the did Steph was speaking not only to his teammates, but to himself. You know, he included himself. He said, you know, he had eight turnovers against the Bulls. And he said, I was throwing the ball to the other team. So that message was seemed to be heard at that point by everybody on the court on the floor. Um and so they over, I think they outscored him 29 to 12 over the last nine minutes. Now, that said, you can't make a habit of doing this. We saw them dudes at home during a five game win streak at home where they fall behind. And then in the fourth quarter, they say, okay, let's play defense now. (laughs) And they win. And against average to less than below average teams, you can probably get away with that. But you got to be better than that over the long haul of the game to be able to compete with the better teams in this league. And so they take that attitude into Boston and Cleveland they're in trouble. They're in trouble. Uh, so I just, but I, I do think that, yeah, there seemed to be an awareness of what needed to happen to win that game and they locked in and they did it. I think the question now is can they take that energy that they had in, in a fourth quarter and carry it into Boston? Um, I, I, I think they will because I think they recognize Boston is a you know legit team, best record in the league. And, you know, they all also obviously very much understand what it's like to play at TD Garden, <laughs> you know, and the things you got to deal with there. So I suspect that they won't put up a stinker in this game. Uh, now, whether they win or lose, I don't know, but I just I believe this will be a real game. Not one of those games where the Warriors fall down, fall behind by 15 in the first quarter and spend the rest of the night catching up and then maybe having a chance to do it. But against Boston. You get behind by 15 in the first quarter, catching up is going to be hard to do.
0: Yeah, extremely hard. They don't want to look like fools on a big stage either. You don't want to, as the defending champs facing the team that you you beat for the title, you don't want to give them any sort of entryway to think, oh, we can beat this team. Okay. And the Celtics are tough, as you've mentioned. They're, they have the best record in the NBA right now, 33 wins, the Warriors 22 and 22. So some different seasons that, the, that have played out here. Um, I get the sense from the team that they want to spend as little time in Boston as possible. So they just had this back to back. Um the White House was a day off. I mean it was a busy day, but as far as turning the page in your mind, today wasn't about basketball. Right. Then they will, I believe, practice in DC on Wednesday and then fly late around dinner time to Boston. Um, this isn't really a team as far as I know that goes out. You know, guys don't guys keep it pretty chill on the road, but I'm trying to imagine Draymond Green even trying to go out to dinner in Boston and what that experience might be like. I think might be one of those hotel room kind of stays <laughs> yeah. in anticipation of the game on Thursday because there are there are feelings I would say on on both sides about going to the city.
1: Yeah, let, let's let's do dinner at the hotel ballroom there. <laughs> it might be one of those nights. It makes sense um, given what the the past is. And the way that the, the finals unfolded, you know, seven months ago now, I guess it was. So um, this is, but like you said, they don't want to be embarrassed on, on a big stage. They, that's what happened against the Suns at home, you know, national TV, Suns are down three, I mean, four starters or three starters and, and two rotation guys. And, and
0: four, four, they were missing six people, four starters, two, two impactful rotation guys.
1: Well, that's right. It was four. Mikel Bridges was the only starter that played. That's yeah. right. Four starters. And then you had Cam, uh, Cam uh, Payne and Landry Shamit. That's right. So four and two. Um, <clears throat> so for that, that game also should stick in the back of their minds. It didn't in Chicago. didn't work. But when you look at where they are now and again, I think they know coming up, they might get in a team that's going to be deeply compromised. They're getting the Celtics as they are, and they're pretty healthy right now, and they're playing well right now, and Cleveland the same. So, um, yeah, I think emotionally they should be ready to play these games, and that's been a big part of their issue this year is that <clears throat> they've, they've, been, they've come out without the right amount of, of edge or force or deter- whatever you want to call it, you know, the intensity you need to compete at the high level. Been, there have been games when the Warriors were literally um, out-hustled scrapped. and you know we've heard the word grit come up a couple times we're not gritty enough and then they'll come out with a gritty performance so they've had a few of those but more often than not it's not been there and that's the thing they want to try and maintain and hopefully the success that they had uh in in, against the wizards should sort of give them sort of like look here's our here's our next blueprint do what we did in the last nine minutes that game you can't do it for 48 minutes but you can do it early in the game to give yourself a running start. And then pick your spots as the game goes on, so you don't get caught from behind. But if you play it hard early, chances are with that shooting, you'll get a pretty good. You, you'll be able to build a lead. Um, Steph's going. Steph is fine right now. Wiggins is still looking for a shot, um, and that's you know that's gonna hurt the Warriors until he until he finds it. I think, you know, he's he's been back now for a, a week. I think he'll be good, another game or two. It could it could happen as soon as Thursday. But uh, if you have Steph playing well. Uh, Clay playing well, Wiggins playing well, all four of those guys, Jordan Poole. I mean, that's a lot. And now if you get even two and a half of those guys, you got a good chance to win. If you get three or four, you got a really great chance to win a game.
0: Yeah, What do you think this Boston game is going to be like for Draymond Green? Because fans have been. Difficult with him like I think he said for the first time he admitted that he kind of felt rattled during the finals All of the attention that he was getting the vitriol from the Boston fans So now you're going back to the scene of the crime so to speak Over it's a regular season game of course, but when Boston hates you they hate you So Draymond wants to step into that role as a villain and maybe play with the crowd a little bit What kind of Draymond game do you think we'll get in Boston?
1: Well, you know remember? Draymond has, doesn't have many friends in Oklahoma City. <laughs> doesn't have many friends in, in Oklahoma City or in Cleveland. So, um, you know, I, I think he has made the, the adjustment and knows what to expect and would be ready for it. He got a warm-up act in D.C. where he had fans sitting courtside that decided, you know, let's heckle Draymond. Mm-hmm. And Draymond admitted that they got him going. Uh, because we were talking in the newsroom watching the first half of the game. And we're like, what's Dr- Draymond's not really making much, not much of a factor here into the third quarter. It's like, he's not doing a whole lot. And then all of a sudden it's like a light bulb came on or he flipped the switch or got a recharge or whatever. And then that fourth quarter, he was a demon. I mean, defensively, he was a monster. He scored 11 points in the fourth quarter, tying his career high for any quarter in his career. Um, so in the, after the game, he did say, yeah, they, they got on my case and they kind of got me going and, and, and it wasn't just him. You know, the other, everybody heard, everybody heard what they were saying. I, he didn't get into what they said specifically, but I heard that at one point they said, you're not a hall of famer. You can't be a hall of famer. Something related to Draymond's being a possible hall of famer and said he's that's not. That's
0: the microphones picked up? The crowd? No,
1: that's what, that's what I understand was said by, based on what Draymond had said. That, that yeah, somebody, somebody said something along the lines of you ain't a hall of famer or you're not a hall of famer. You can't get to the hall of fame something along those lines. And Draymond admitted that, you know, they got him, they got, they fired him up. They fired him up. And if you're Steve Kerr, you're saying whatever it takes <laughs> Don't and, and, play
0: on Draymond's legacy. That's the, lesson. yeah.
1: And, and so it's funny because now, I mean, Steph was saying after the game that, you know, he, he was, it's kind of, he kind of missed it, the, the guys left before the game was over because they saw the Warriors were going to pull it out and they left. And Steph was disappointed that they had left. He wanted to see him at, at the end there to kind of gloat a little bit, you know, and they weren't there. They had already on their way out. They moved, they made their way to the exit. And so they didn't get to like wow. give him hell for it. But um, I think Draymond knows what's coming in Boston. And I think that's why he will be, uh, I don't know how good he's going to play, but I don't think intensity or emotion will be uh, short. I think he'll bring, bring it, bring all of those things.
0: Yeah, I need to remind our listeners that every game that's on NBC Sports Bay area is also streamed live on the My Teams app. That's for mobile or tablet. You can stream the Warriors on the go, brought to you by your NorCal Honda dealers. Don't forget the Niners have a huge game coming up as well. And you can check out our sister sister podcast, the 49ers You've Got Mail podcast. Celebrate the Year of the Rabbit at Greaten Resort & Casino with the Lucky Golden Rabbit Giveaway on Friday, January 27th. One $8,000 cash winner every hour, guaranteed. Plus, sign up for the all-new Grayton Rewards Program and get $25 in free slot play. Experience the best benefits in the Bay. Learn more at greatenresortcasino.com. Complete rules
1: available at the Rewards Center
0: is uncertain. It's okay to feel stressed, anxious, worried, or frustrated. CalHope can help. Access CalHope's free and secure mental health resources. Call 833-317-4673 or live chat at calhope.org. So the Warriors are going to be facing one of the better players in the league. It's Jason Tatum. He's kind of in that category of an MVP MVP candidate. I think he's alongside Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic maybe. But I wonder what it would take for Steph Curry this season to get back into that MVP conversation. Do you think the length of his shoulder injury, Monty, kind of stopped his momentum a little bit? And, and do you think Steph can get it back?
1: Um, yeah, he can. It, it's going to be really hard. Uh, you know, we talk about the Warriors can the Warriors get the 50 wins? And we say that it's almost impossible. They have to go 28 and 10 to get there. If they somehow do that, Steph will be obviously a huge factor in that. Um, and at that point, yeah, if he gets this team to 50, if the words get the 50 wins and he's playing, you know, in 90% of those games, uh, yeah, he's right back in the conversation right now. It's Jokic. I think he's pretty clear. I mean, yeah. Uh, Tatum's team has a slightly better record, but the nuggets, um, number one in offense, top of the Western conference, right there with the Grizzlies, um, and Jokic is so unique and he's does he's the number one player in terms of offensive efficiency, offensive rating. I mean, he's just a beast out there on offense and he does so much. You know, he's not a shooter, but he can score. He's he, he can pass the daylight. He's the best passer, one of the best passers in the league. Yeah. And also he's a top rebounder. So yeah, he's won two in a row. I mean, at this the rate That's he's going.
0: Center. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. The rate at the rate he's going. Uh, a third one could be happening because you we know, talk about, De- well, I'll, I'll just say this about Denver since they're not on the schedule and coming up immediately, but they're, they're, they're always good, semi good in the regular season. And then in the postseason they kind of flame out they're built different this year. And the Warriors need to be aware that this Denver team is not the Denver team they saw in the first round last year.
0: Yeah. That they beat
1: um, five. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they've got, they've changed their, their roster a little bit. They're a better defensive team than they were. And, you know, Jamal Murray is back when he wasn't last year. He wasn't there. So he's back and playing well. Um, so it's just Aaron Gordon is having a career year. Contavius Caldwell Pope, who was not with the team last year, is this year. And he's playing great defense and good offense, too. And Michael Porter Jr. is shooting the lights out, as he always does. So just a little shout out to the Nuggets, because right now, if I'm the Warriors, I'm looking at the Nuggets as the team I got to beat. I mean, I think the Warriors believe they can beat Memphis. They think, I think they think they have secrets to beat Memphis. Yep. Denver is just going to be different than they were last year, and so enough about the Nuggets.
0: That, no, but it, when you're talking, it reminds me of the conversation where the Warriors have kind of been saying it doesn't matter what seed we are, just get us to the playoffs, and hopefully that doesn't include the play-in games. They they don't. Right. Remember- But the Warriors need to make make up some ground in the Western Conference standings. I mean, it's still a little bunched up between like four and ten, but the top teams are starting to pull away a little bit. You know, so seeding wise and I don't know if it's too easy, too early to look at this. But if you're talking about the Warriors not wanting to, to match up with Denver in the postseason and Denver is one of the top teams. then the Warriors need to they need to start creeping up there. They need to start playing better. Uh, limiting these turnovers, and I just wonder what would it take for the Warriors to start rattling off a few wins. And we're having this conversation right where they're they're expected to play the Celtics and Cavaliers, which is not an easy back to back. Oh, and then yeah. the Nets after that. Yeah, yeah, it's never going to get easier. So, what are the things that the Warriors can control to see if they can collect some W's?
1: Well, it's the things that they didn't do against Chicago and and, and Phoenix and the team. You know, against uh, against the Wizards, you know, they get the Wizards eleven points off turnovers. 11. You can take that every game. You can, you love that number. You know, when the Warriors give up 25 or more points off turnovers, they are one and nine, one and nine. It's hard to win that way. So, but when you give up 11 points off turnovers, that's better than the league average, you know, that's, that's a solid number. Uh, and so if they can, again, limit the turnovers, they can get enough points. If three of those four guys are are, have a good offensive game. Uh, you've got Steph, Clay, JP, and Wiggs. Three of those guys have a good game, or two of them have a great game, and one and the other two have an okay game or whatever. They can live with that, um, and they and they defend. Uh, I think they know how to defend the Celtics. We saw that when they played them at Chase Center last month. So um, yeah, I think that's just it. It's just value the possession. Yeah. Value the possession. And against Boston, I think they will. They know how good Boston is. When Boston decides to play defense, they're really good, and they understand that. So I, that's the thing. I mean, they, they know what they have to do. Their issue this season has been not being able to do it on a consistent basis. And I think you do those things, then the consistency, the consistency will follow that if you kind of do those things on a semi-regular basis.
0: Yeah. I am so, so, so looking forward to that Celtics game. You know, we, I think we had a previous conversation about one of the dog days of a season and it's kind of mid January, but a championship rematch. on yeah. Thursday That's going to be pretty great. We'll see if the Warriors can do with it.
1: Bring the highlights, bring the highlights and bring a spotlight to watch this sucker because, um, you know, the Warriors they're not whole, but it, it based on what I've heard Kaminga's is getting close. Good. Um, Wiseman and, and Michael Green, you know, I think I don't, they're not as close. Uh, I don't know if we'll see them on the road trip at all, but Kaminga, it sounds like there's a good chance she will see him before they get back to the Bay area on the weekend and play the Nets on Sunday. So, um, uh, he would help just being available. I mean, poor Anthony Lamb is out there doing things that they need to have done because he's doing them, you know, he's making shots and, you know, so right now, um, when you're playing it, you're still leaning hard on the two-way guys that's because they're thin um so but again this this game will have their attention and so will the next one if they split these two games that's the 3-2 road trip i think they take it they will still be lamenting that chicago game because they should have won it their better team but right now you can't go back and get that one so we'll see where it goes
0: 23
1: turnovers. That's going to be an L. Yeah. I mean, and like I guess it's like Steph pointed this out, you know, it's not just the turnovers, it's the kinds of turnovers, you know, it's one thing if you, you know, a, a legal screen, I mean, an illegal screen or a travel or something, it's the ones where they throw the ball away and the other team gets it and goes off to the races, the live ball turnovers that lead to turn to the dunks on the other end or three pointers on the other end fast break opportunities for the other team. You cannot set your defense against that. And you know, it's- if it's a travel,
0: yeah.
1: If it's a travel, you can set your defense. If it's an illegal screen, set your defense. Yeah. But on the others, when you're throwing the ball away and or throwing the ball into nowhere, somebody steals it and they throw a half court pass and somebody's going in for a dunk. You can't defend that. So that's the thing. They can commit 10, 12, 15, 16 turnovers, but they gotta get they gotta be good turnovers, not the ones that kill you. <laughs>
0: Sure, I know I know what you mean there, and I didn't mean to interrupt, but I think Steph was speaking with accountability there too because did yeah. he have eight turnovers in that game and only is either seven or eight, and then
1: got eight okay. against the Bulls.
0: Right, right, yeah. So, you know, he's not he's not pointing fingers at everybody. That that no. back to him.
1: Well. Yes, he is saying we all. I mean, he he, he on our post game show, he said that he was throwing the ball to the other team in Chicago. He came out and said it, so uh, he knows. But watching him play the way he did in that fourth quarter, there was a certain determination, a certain vigor that sort of, you know, he, he wasn't playing well early. He was, I think it was five or 13 in the first half shooting. Uh, He got better. (laughs) He got better when he had to get better. And that's why I think that you, you expect that from Steph. And when you don't get that, you're surprised, but they got it in that game and they won the game, you know, going away.
0: Yeah, vigor. Vigor. I like that word. <laughs> All right, Monty, always great to catch up with you. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk pretty soon after the next Warriors back-to-back. We've got the Boston Celtics coming up and then the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Warriors will be wrapping up five games in eight days featuring two back-to-backs. That is not easy. All right, we'll catch you on the next episode of Dubstock.